and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to continue our discussion about dreams and visions. Over the next few weeks, I've wanted to have several different people on and share, have them share their experiences with dreams and visions. And so we're basing our foundation scripture out of Job 33:15. It says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while they slumber in their beds, the Lord opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction. So we know that God gives us dreams. One of the ways that God communicates with us is through dreams. You know, we've talked in here about being prophetic. We're basing that off the Hebrew word Naba, which is the Hebrew word often associated with anything to do with the prophetic. And it just means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord is communicating with us all the time, typically through our five senses and our dreams being also one of those. So I have my mom back on the show today to share her experiences with dreams and visions that she has had. Welcome back to the show, Judy. Hi. Hey, welcome back. So you have been someone that um, I would say, you know, not all the time, but you've definitely been someone that has had several spiritual visions and dreams. And I thought uh, you would be a great person to have on to talk about some of the dreams and visions that you've had. You know, you've had warning dreams. You've had um, like what I would call affirmation or encouragement dreams. You've had dreams that sort of predicted future events and and things of that nature. So I I thought you would be the perfect person to talk about dreams. And I also want to emphasize that while dreams are very interesting and fascinating and have a lot of symbolism in them, you know, the the bigger picture that we want to focus in on is the purpose that God gives us dreams. And so there's often a deeper purpose beyond the the interesting part of just, quote, having dreams. So I thought you could go ahead, jump in and, and share some of your experiences. That's right. Um, you know, we also, our dreams have to line up with the Word of God. Right. That's the bottom line. And I think the more you have of God his word in you, the more God can trust you with a dream um, because you'll go right back to the word and go, now, is this kind of God's word? Was it pizza? You know, was it a pizza dream or was it uh, a real God dream? I always know when it's a God dream. I don't know how exactly I know. It's like it points to the Word, and it also gives me a peace, and it also gives me a knowing that I know, that I know, that I know. I'm going to share first my very first dream after I got born again. I was in a Baptist church. I loved it and devoured the Word, was in everything I could be in, and 
You know, when you're in everything you can be in and you're reading the Word, you read over there about, and they spoke with other tongues and the Spirit of God like a dove, and you're going, I don't see any of that here, and what's the deal here? And so I dreamed that I was at my mom's house, and her house was had in the backyard like a, a dip, a hill on it. And I dreamed I was at the top the top of that hill and this dove, this white dove was it just kind of buzzed me right at the top of my head and I tried to grab its legs but I missed it. And my mom was with me, and I went, oh, I missed it. And so it circled, and it came back around, and this time it was bigger, heavier, and slower. And I told my mom, I said, I'm going to catch it. And it came right at my head almost, and I missed it again. Well, the third time, it came around, and it looked like a big white chicken. <laughs> it was it was so big and so low and so slow that when it, I told mother, I'm getting it this time. It came by, I grabbed its two legs, and immediately I was taken up to heaven in my dream. And I wow. think I know that was it, that I knew I was taken heavenly. And uh, so I'm pondering this dream and going, well, what does that mean? You know, and so I got to reading about the dove and it lighting on people and, you know, people speaking with other tongues and everything. And I, at that time, did not believe it, did not believe in that. I felt like that dispensation had passed away with the invention or the writing of the the uh, New Testament. And so I happened to go to a meeting because it said revival, and I went everywhere, anywhere I could go. If it said revival, I'm, I'm down. I'm with it, you know. <laughs> And uh, I went, and the people were speaking in tongues, and they were falling out in the spirit. And I just said, well, I just don't know if I believe that. I would have to see a child. And I may have told this one with it. But I went back that night, and I I saw the miraculous. And I was healed of rheumatoid arthritis. My my uh, daughters were only like four and six, five and seven, four and six, I think, and they were slain in the spirit. And I'm going, what in the world? <laughs> kind of wrecked your theology. Right, it did. And right after that, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was right around that time. It might have even been before that. But I had never used it. I did, still didn't know if I believed in it. <laughs> but uh, 
because it was all new. And I felt like I was being a heretic against my church to believe in it. And so, but God gave me that dream. Well, and it sounds like that the Lord, right, he was preparing your heart for uh, these encounters with the Holy Spirit. And every time the dove passed, I think was one of these encounters that sort of broke, broke through your thinking and your tradition and sort of uh, opened you up to these experiences. Uh, I shared on here a couple of weeks. Yeah, I shared on here a couple of weeks ago that I had had a, um, a dream about three rapid moving tornadoes in a valley. And within literally 30 days, uh, we had three life altering, you know, changes that came through. And so we had a changed job, a changed church, and then we found out we were pregnant with my second son. And so I think it was just the Lord preparing us. You know, I, I definitely believe that God's concerned with every detail of our life. And dreams are often one way that he will communicate and just prepare us for change. I've definitely had um Dreams that sort of prepared me for shifts in my life and change, especially maybe like changing a church, something spiritually related. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. With the, uh, another dream, and I hope, I, ha- I hope I'm not retelling because I speak at Fresh Oil and I do the podcast and I talk a lot to people, and I hope I'm not rehashing anything. So please forgive me if I am. But well, I, I don't mind hearing good stories more than once, so it's fine with me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So my a lot, I would say 90% of my dreams are church-related. uh, Well, let me jump in real quick and say that, too, that, you know, we've talked in here about being a Safa, a watchman. And so I believe when you are operating in the realm of being a watchman and if you're someone praying, you know, for your church, then you're in the role of a watchman. And God will oftentimes, uh, I believe, reveal things to you in a dream to help prepare you for whatever is coming or maybe to encourage someone or to be keep your eye on something that that might be a potential problem, you know, that there's purpose in that, too. And so I've often seen you in the role of a watchman. And I think that's why God often gives you uh, warning dreams, basically, for inside your local church or, you know, area churches. Right. Um, So I had Everything was pretty new to me, but we had a Bible study next door to my house, and I had a best friend who we got saved right at the same time, and we just devoured the Word and spoke scriptures to each other and just, you know, hung around in God's Word all the time. And so we went to this Bible study that we had been going to for about a year, and we loved it. The woman who spoke at Bible study, her husband was an evangelist. And if I said his name, a lot of you would probably in Alabama would know who he is. And uh, anyway, I loved her. I loved her teaching. I loved her style. I was growing in the Lord by leaps and bounds and couldn't wait to get to the Bible study and uh, the night before the Bible study I had a dream that I was at this banquet and 
it was all the women in the Bible study. I could see different ones were at the long table. And my friend, Charlotte, was sitting at the end, like at the very end of the table, and come around to the first chair. That was me. Then across from me was this man. He looked like he was from Mid-Eastern. Handsome. Handsome. Oh, my goodness. He was very handsome. Had beautiful black hair, mustached. He was very handsome. And he had another man, and I could never see what that man looked like. I don't know why. It, it, it was like a blur in my dream. He was. But I knew it was a man, and I knew it, he was with him. Anyway, the man looks at me, and without speaking, it was like telepathy, mind telepathy. He said, eat it. And I looked down, and it was this horrible-looking black soup. And I looked, yeah, ooh. And I looked, and all the women are just eating it up except me. And Charlotte, I knew if I I would partake of this soup, it would be going against God, and it would be sin. And so I said no. I looked at Charlotte, and she looked at me, and she said, I'm going to do whatever you do. And I said, I'm not eating it. And so she said, I'm not eating it either. And he looked at me and he said, I will kill you. Oh, wow. And I just, that was the end of my dream. I woke up. Well, I couldn't wait for Charlotte to come to my house because I had uh, my, my baby was newborn at that time. She was probably six months. And Charlotte would come down and help me get her ready, and I would get myself and uh, Beth and Heath ready. And uh, while I was getting ready, I started telling her about my dream, and she said, what do you think it means? I said, I have no idea. You know, how do I know? I don't know. (laughs) It's really a crazy dream. And she said, yeah, it is. It's pretty crazy. Well, we went over to the Bible and lo and behold, the lady that taught the Bible study had to be out that week. And another girl, who I hadn't even known from high school, said, well, I'm glad she isn't here today because I've been meaning to talk to everybody. We need a different teacher. Oh, no. And um, everybody in that room voted to have a new teacher, except Charlotte and I. Wow. And I just looked at her and I said, that's my dream. Wow. That is my dream. So. Uh, well, God, God was preparing you, you know. Just imagine had you not had that dream, you know, you might have just gone along with the crowd or you might have, uh, 
Right. You might have been very confused by that and not known what you might have left Bible study altogether. You know, I don't know, but I I feel like there's definitely purpose in it. Yes, I believe it's like you say all the time that we are to be a witness. Right. And I witnessed something that helped me grow. And that was one thing. You don't come against your leaders. Right. And. Uh, I saw that Bible study, I saw them go and break the heart of that teacher. And then I watched, there was no Bible study after that. And that was the whole mission of the enemy, was to stop it at all costs. Right. And really, you know, this was very early in your walk. And I believe God was already preparing you to be a watchman, that he was already showing you things supernaturally. And so you had to I always say, you know, when you have a dream like that, you have to go on a journey with it. You're not it's it's not always going to be clear right away. You know, write it down, pray about it, think about it, you know, put it down for a while, come back to it. Sometimes time is a, a large factor in, in dreams. You know, you can have a dream and it it may not come to pass for years before you really understand, you know, what you dreamed. And but but I definitely think that we when we have a spiritual dream, there's absolutely purpose in it. And the Bible says in Job 33, you know, we don't always perceive it. Sometimes it's that right. we, we don't understand it. Right. And so that was one. Now I'm going to switch over and tell you a dream my mom had. And it was tied in to her salvation. Uh, I had, my mom had religion. She didn't have salvation for a long time. And she didn't understand my salvation and would even almost, act like I've been brainwashed. <laughs> and and uh, so I just talked about the Lord all the time to her and just try to be very loving and patient with her. Well, one night my mom had a dream and she called me and she said, you won't believe the dream I had. And I said, well, tell me all about it. And she said, I dreamed that I was at a church And I had to get up and go to the restroom. So I went to the restroom, and they had showers in the the restroom. And she said, I opened up the first shower, and, and it was me. She said, Judy, it was you. And she said, I could not see your nakedness because there was such a shine on you and the water. And she said, I said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, Mom, I am getting ready to see Jesus. And she said, and she heard the other showers going. So she opened up the second door, and it was Beth. It was you. And the same thing, you were just getting washed and cleaned, and you could only see the face, and you were exuberantly happy and saying, oh, we're we're going to see Jesus, you know, and then she went to the last one, of course, was Kristen, and Kristen was 
saying and doing the same thing. And my mom came to my house, and she said, do you think it's because I never was baptized in water? Because she had a, a crazy, deathly fear of water. Anyway, uh, I said, no, Mom. It had nothing to do with baptism. It has everything to do with they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I know it looks like clear water, but they are being cleansed. All three of us were being cleansed by the blood, and we're getting ready to go to heaven. Wow. And my mom said, started crying, and she says, well, I don't know if I'm ready. And I said, I know. And I said, you're not. And I said, it's about Jesus, Mother. It's not about a church or a denomination. And uh, my mom got born again that day. And so her dream led to her salvation. Yeah, that's an amazing dream. You know, we can't. We can't underestimate dreams. I know some dreams don't always make sense to us. Some dreams are we may think they're spiritual and they're not. They're pizza dreams. Um, but but that's a definitely one that absolutely was was a uh, spiritual dream that that definitely led to her salvation or assurance right. of her salvation. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, well, I then, think that's so important. Uh, the next one I'm going to share is about. Um, me and my husband, I'm kind of going, trying to go up in a timeline. Uh, when I first got saved, I knew that Philip was not, quote, born again. He was churched. His daddy was a Baptist preacher, so he was in church every time the doors were open and uh, opened. So he... I asked him three questions the first time we ever had a date. Number one, do you drink? He said no, and he doesn't. I've never seen my husband drink. Number two, do you smoke? He said no. He lied. Number three, (laughs) he's quit, but at that time he did smoke. And number three, do you get in fights? And he said no, and he doesn't. So I thought I was handling all three. Uh, areas and um, anyway but I knew he wasn't born again the way I had gotten born again and so every night I would just pray and cry over my husband not being where I thought he should be spiritually and born again oh and to finish that story I'm sorry I'm at the jump back when we and I said You know, oh, and he said, my mom's a Sunday school teacher. My dad's uh, a pastor. And I said, okay. He didn't tell me they were divorced, and uh, his daddy wasn't in church anymore. And uh, anyway, so when we got married, I said, the first Sunday, I said, oh, where are we going to go to church? And he said, we're not. Oh, no. I was made to go to church. Every time the doors were open, I will not go to church anymore. 
And I went, what? And I didn't go either except Easter, stuff like that, until I had children. And then I said, nope, I'm going to put my kids in church, and they're going to go. So anyway, that's why I knew my husband probably wasn't born again. Everything was tied to a denomination and a religion. And uh, so every night I would just cry and cry, oh, God, you've got to save him. I can't go to heaven if he's not there. Oh, God, I don't want him to go to hell. Oh, God, please save him, please. I mean, it, it really was like, you know, let me hurry up, let me read my Bible, and let me just absolutely cry and plead with God to save him. Well, one night I went to I went to sleep after having all that crying and pleading and all this, and uh, I was uh, asleep, but not asleep. In you say what? Nobody's asleep, but not asleep. Well, if you look in Revelation, John said whether I was in the spirit or in the flesh, whether he didn't know, I didn't know. But I know that my spirit man went somewhere. It went right. to the cross. I was, all of a sudden, I've got this strong being beside me that's like an angel. And I am at Gethsemane. I am at the cross. And I can hear the soldiers pushing people to move on. I can hear the gasping of breath. I can hear my dream was from the knees down. Wow. Why? I don't know. It's like if you were to take a movie and take it halfway, I mean, not even halfway, really, about a third of the way up, and that's all you can see. And I heard a woman wail and cry like I have never heard before. And I knew that's Mary. That's when they stuck the sword in his side. Wow. I knew that. So you had, it was almost as if it were reality that you, your spirit man was actually at the crucifixion scene. Yes. And it broke my heart. And then immediately, I'm back in my bedroom, and at that very time, Philip turns over, and he grabs my shoulder. In his sleep, he, do, he doesn't even remember. He didn't remember it the next day. And it was, wow. to me, it was like God saying, I've got him. Don't worry about it. And right after that, I went to a Bible study, and one of the uh, the teacher, Joy Shancy, who led me to the Lord, uh, she gave us a scripture, Hebrews 7.25, He is therefore able to save to the uttermost, seeing that he constantly maketh intercession. And she said, 
Jesus loves those people more than even you do. So what you need to do is give them to him. And then he will work it out. And so that's really what I did. I guess you could say from that moment on, I never worried about his salvation. And uh, I gave it totally to God. And, of course, you know, it's it's been a miracle ever since. So uh, right, and he did, and he did come full circle. <laughs> oh yes, he did. Yeah, very much. And anyway, in one of the next dreams, I was in. I was still in the Baptist church. Beth, I don't even know if I. I haven't told this one. I know. I was. Uh, it was like I was at a wedding tea or something down in the fellowship hall of the big fellowship hall of the church I went to. And there were, you know, people will stand with a little plate in their hand and cup. Right. And uh, because there's no tables put out, which I never understood that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am standing there like the Lord in my dreams said, look, look on the floor. And I looked, and there was this little coral snake. And it would dart real quick up under things and up under people. And it would bite people on their, on their uh, foot, on their back of their heel. It would bite people on their heel and slither away and hide. And I'm watching it. I'm going, oh, my wow. gosh, that, per- that person just got bit by a snake. They're going to die. And about that time, the snake was around me, but it didn't bite me. But it went in front of me, and somebody screamed, oh, my God, she's been bit. They all grabbed me, and I'm saying, no, I didn't get bit. Y'all got bit. And uh, I'm on a stretcher. The next thing I know, I am on a stretcher, and I am being taken, like, to a hospital room, and they're going to give me antivenom, and I know that antivenom might kill me because I haven't been bit, and I I am, like, out of my gourd, screaming and hollering and carrying on, and it's like the Holy Spirit says, no peace. They won't believe you as long as you're acting like this. Have peace. Be peaceful. And speak normal. And so I did. I calmed myself. And I said, look, check me over. I have not been bit. But there's a lady I saw being bit. You know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Right after that, that was the end of the dream. Right after that is when we left the Baptist church, the the whole Baptist, uh, I guess you could say, denomination. And uh, we left it, and it was there. It was not happy. Was not a happy time, and uh, so, so not I everyone thought, agreed with your decision to leave. 
Oh, yeah. And I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you first get it, and all of you people who think, I've gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's my job to tell all of these other people and uh, get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. They'll, if they just hear about it, they just haven't heard it. They will do it. Well, I want you to know you cannot go against your head. And they don't believe that, and it's really better to just keep it to yourself and go there or go and find a church that believes like you do. Because I probably brought some hurt and pain on my own self through my ignorance. And so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and for that, I do apologize. <laughs> well, we all, we all grow and learn. <laughs> yes, we do. Anyway, one of the next ones is I was at a church, and um, the pastor asked, and I know I've told this one, but I'll tell it again. The pastor said, I would have never told this dream in church. <laughs> but the pastor said, well, has anyone had any dreams or visions lately? And I went, yeah, last night or the night before. I mean, it was very, like within a day or two. I right, was, and let me just say, I was in this service. He had never and, done that before that time. I don't even, it was sort of a little... Out of the ordinary, definitely. Yes. And I said, well, I have. I had it the other night. You know, and he said, well, what was it? I said, well, I dreamed I was in a kitchen, and I had this monkey on my back. And I was trying to get this monkey off of my back. It wasn't hurting me or anything. It's just annoying. And I said, so I went out. For some reason, I went out to a car and opened the trunk and it was all this stuff that shouldn't have been there and an angel just come flying by and grabbed the monkey and flew off. And and it was a oh and we were at church. This was a church thing. Anyway, and he said, Well what do you think it means? I said, I was kidding. I said, well, I don't know. I guess there's some monkey business going on around here. Oh, my and every, goodness. <laughs> and every little did you know. Little did I know. Well, then another man said, well, I had a dream, too. And, uh, and he shared his dream. He said that he dreamed that there was a suitcase hidden under the seat of the pilot. And the pilot was trying to get the plane to go and to lift, but it wouldn't because of this suitcase. He had to get the suitcase off, out. And uh, that was his dream. Well, at the same time, it was... Uh, a man in our church who was doing inquiries into the finances because there was a reason why he was doing the inquiry. He was he had gotten privileged to find something that was crazy. It was a check that had been cashed at a 
another bank, not the bank the church used. Anyway, right. So that was problems. Yeah. Yes, it uncovered major problems and found that the there were there were just bad dealings. But you know, remember I said the angel came and took the monkey and it just it was no problem at all. Well, I have never seen a more smooth, quick. It was almost as if an angel came in there and took care of all that and just went on right. because they were they. That was presented to them on a Wednesday, and by Sunday they were gone, and there was no retaliation, there was no anger, there was no hurt, nothing. It was almost as if he he was looking for it and knew it was coming. And so, right. But that dream, see, I believe that dream was more for me as a watcher on the wall. Right. Believe your dreams. Trust your dreams. Know your dreams. And then, because uh, that church dwindled down to about 10 people, and we all wanted our grandkids and kids in a bigger youth kids' church arena, so we went to another church who was out of all these churches. And so... We knew everybody. Everybody knew us. Right, right. Really a, sister, a sister church, basically. A sister church. So we just went over there because they had more to offer for the kids. Anyway, so we were there, and uh, the uh, pastor, who is now a world-known evangelist for youth, um, P.S., and uh, anyway, I had a dream that we were in the big main church that all these churches came out of because the pastor had gotten sick and he wanted people to start satellite churches. And so I dreamed we were back at the main church and uh, everybody was kind of gathered around looking at this cult. Now, this cult, when you look at it, you know this cult is superior. It is a well-bred, wonderful, powerful horse. Right, like you knew it would become a thoroughbred. A thoroughbred, right, or could become a thoroughbred. And there was an unknown man to me. He had his foot on that horse's neck almost to the point of killing it. And no one was helping that horse. And boom, I woke up. Well, now I've got a little bit more trust in my dreams because I've got three to four under my belt my watchman belt, that I know these dreams right. mean. And so this pastor, I went to him and I said, I've got to talk to you about something and you may think I'm crazy. And he said, no, tell me. And I told him the dream and he 
the color drained from his face. And he said, I know what you're talking about. Wow. I I didn't know what I was talking about. (laughs) I know who's got their foot on the horse's neck. And so that week, all of the people that were in any kind of leadership, we were having a leadership training, and this young man was in there, and he left out, and he punched or threw something. I wasn't there. I mean, I wasn't with him, but I could hear it. He did something out. He got up, did something that I didn't understand, walked out, and bam! Were you in that bed? Yeah, I think I think he punched a wall, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he put a hole in it. (laughs) And uh, he left. Well, I didn't connect that to what I had dreamed. Yeah, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know him, so. Yeah, but that was the young man that that had the finances, and uh, it had to be taken care of. Right, he was involved. (laughs) He was involved with some inappropriate handling of finances, but but God uh, gave that dream to you as a watchman, and you were able to communicate that to the pastor. And so, you know, I definitely thank the Lord gives us dreams for a purpose. Well, that's pretty yeah. much all the time we have today. I know you've probably got more dreams than that than yeah. you've had. Can I can I can I talk that because they're together. Yeah, can yeah, I go ahead. One more. Okay, that same pastor who, like I said, he is an international evangelist. I had a dream of a big, huge red door and him and his wife going, opening the door, and it was to the nation that they were going to be traveling. Well, I called him up, and I said, hey, you, I, hope you, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, but I have a dream about <laughs> you. And he said, tell me, tell me. And I told him that dream. He said, hold on, let me get my wife on the phone. He went and got her. He said, tell her the dream you just had. I said, I dreamed that there was a big red door. And I mean, when I say big, it's big. I said, a huge red door. And it opened up, and it was for you you to go to the nations. And he, he was crying. He said, you have no idea what you're talking about. He said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we have decided to go into youth evangelism work. And this is uh, something that has absolutely prompted us even more and shown us that it's of God. Right. So, wow. <laughs> anyway, he did, and they are, and... And that was a confirmation dream for them, so um, God right, used you for that. Well, that pretty much takes up all of our time. I mean, you've definitely been somebody that God speaks to in dreams, and, you know, I tell people, I've had people tell me, well, I never dream dreams. Well, I would say you have not because you ask not. You know, ask the Lord to give you a spiritual dream. Uh, if, if nothing else is an encouraging or comfort, confirmation type dream. You know, my sister shared on here a few weeks ago uh, that she had a warning dream about a snake and a, a building. You know, they were looking to buy a building and she had a snake in a bathroom with carpet. And one of the buildings they looked at 
uh, looked identical to that bathroom. It had carpet, which is real unusual, in the bathroom. And so she knew we need to stay away from this building. And so, um, you know, God God wants to He, – I believe he's always trying to communicate with us. But like it says in Job, we don't always perceive it. And so we need to be open to however the Lord wants to communicate with us. Um, you, yes, yeah, you and got something else? This, well, keep a pen and a paper beside your bed because right. we leaked. And I have found that God will speak to me either a teaching or a dream or something. And I will wake up and I will go, well, what was that? You know, but if I would train yourself that when you're kind of coming out of it, there's that time you can wake up, write it down, or go see about it, and you'll keep it because you will not remember it after you're up and had your coffee and combing your hair and you start, oh, yeah, I had a dream lesson. Right, yeah. Um, or, or you could do like me. I use my phone. I email myself a dream yeah, or something else is another yeah. way to do it. But, yeah, you need to make a note of it somehow. That's definitely, you know, like I said, go on a journey with it, pray about it, write it down, revisit it, uh, talk it over with someone, you know, yeah. just go on a journey with the dreams because we don't always perceive it. A lot of times it's, it is in symbolism, you know, and, and there's common dream symbols. I'll put those in the description box. I, I recommend a couple of books. You know, John Paul Jackson is good. Ira Milligan is good. Tahiladreams.com is a resource I use for dream symbols because they all tie these with scriptures. I would warn against just going to Google. That's not a good idea. You want it to have a yeah. biblical interpretation of the dream symbols. So uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for being back on the program and sharing your dreams with us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.